MC Mimi Hey Lamely, welcome back to another episode of the Mariah Podcast. I'm Candy Chick, you can never be too sweet, and I'm here with... Shady Baby, always known as Jack. And I'm Diva, who always got something to say. Y'all are not ready for the episode we have for you this week. This woman needs no introduction. We have no other than Miss Michaela Angela Davis. We're ecstatic to have her here for the last part of the Meaning of Mariah Carey anniversary series. Can you believe it's been a year, guys? Anyways, without further ado, let's welcome Miss Michaela. Sure, it's my pleasure. I can't believe it's been a year, though. It's crazy. What right? a year. What a year. It's such a long time, right? I know. How is everyone? Everyone healthy and safe and sound? Okay. We are doing well. <laughs> So how's it been since we last saw you in MCON? That was like back in March, I believe. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's so weird. A lot has happened. Um, particularly around, I'm just gonna, because so much, so much just crashed in my head, like what has happened so <laughs> much. Um, it's like a lot has happened, but we're still very, but things still, very, still feel very um, contained and kind of small, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I've been able, I've been traveling a bit, but like I'm in this cottage by myself so I can write, so we can sequester. But um, um, M is back, um, Mariah's back in the lab and I'm in doing some things with her too. And it's so, y'all, she got <laughs> to bring it again. Like, like the, you know, there's been, it's been a very difficult, for so many people to be, I'm not able to move about that, especially when you're a global um, person, a global citizen, a global artist. Um, it's it's a big adjustment, but having time, you know, to develop and experiment and create um, is hard these days. And particularly once you get to be, you know, an artist at Mariah's level, you're just it's just so much production and so many people and so many things and being a parent and, and having the world stop provides an opening for um, artistic developed, artistic like journeys that sometimes can get hard when you're just in a, you know, in a cycle of, of, you know, popping things out. So it's, there's some goodies coming and it you know and it's already kind of Christmas season isn't it like we're almost there even though it's not you know it's not um the day after Halloween but I feel it coming I feel I feel her Christmas spirit coming for sure so weird because I literally the past week I don't know why so random just be having Christmas music in my head just out of the blue it's so strange yeah, I think we need it. I think we need to advance uh, that feeling of joy this year because it's just been it's just been rough, you know. And I mean, I feel really I feel really fortunate because my primary work is writing, and that's something you do by yourself, right? Um, mostly, so I feel like I've been able to function and even grow a little bit. Um, but we need we on we need Christmas now. Like we needed Christmas in July. So yeah, it's coming. It's I actually coming. do celebrate Christmas in July. I don't do anything special for it, but I do listen to Christmas music. I watch the movies, and of course, my husband will walk by when I'm watching him, and he's like, "Seriously, Christmas?" And I'm like, "You can go in the other room. I can watch this by myself." <laughs> That's right, because it, it's a feeling. It's not like I, I, and, and one of the, I mean, this is one of the many things that I've learned from Mariah is like, it's not, I don't see it as a religious, you know, experience. I don't see it even like connected to the consumerism and all the other stuff. It's a, it's a spirit that you need to <laughs> summon sometimes. M does that sometimes too. It's like, get me a Christmas tree. Like I need some, 
you know, I need that spirit. So you're in good company there. Like yeah. these two will tell you, I put up my Christmas stuff the day after Halloween. Like sometimes I'm taking my stuff down at like midnight on Halloween. And then the next day I'll put up all my Christmas stuff. And people always say to me, why do you put it up so early? That's crazy. And I'm like, because it makes me so happy that I could never put it up the day after Thanksgiving and only have a month. Like I want that two months to enjoy it and to be happy and to love the feeling of everything that you do. It's just amazing. It is. And it's a, it really is an energy and, you know, and I, I'm learning to appreciate it more and more. Um, yeah. And Cause I used to think the same as like, Oh, aren't you tired of it? You know, like right after Thanksgiving, cause I grew up in a tradition where we didn't, we decorated at midnight on Christmas Eve. Like we decorated our tree and then we would go to midnight mass. Like that was the thing. And then you keep it until, the epiphany, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. So there was like this, Me too. so there was a whole thing, right? Like there was a whole, the, you know, all that. And I thought it was beautiful and ritualistic. And, and I thought it was, but, um, but now I get it. Like I get wanting, we were working on something and there was Christmas music and Christmas trees and we were drinking hot cocoa and it was July. <laughs> we just, we needed the, we had to summon the spirit, you know, for the, for the work at hand. Nice. Yeah, definitely. I think I definitely relate on that whole starting Christmas early thing. I mean, I always seem to, when it gets to like uh, June, July, I'll start listening to like Christmas music. And for some reason it feels right, even though it's, it's halfway through the year, it doesn't, wouldn't normally seem right but for some reason it's quite nice to listen to that in a whole different time period and especially like yesterday like one of my other like favorite artists is kelly clarkson she dropped the christmas song yesterday and i was listening to it on the train i was thinking like um it's giving me the christmas merry mood already and it feels right i feel like we deserve it after everything gone through so i think it's nice to have a bit of joy earlier than just you know late october early november definitely yeah so I would be really excited to see what is coming. She's definitely been teasing us of all the spaces and everything. We've been hearing a lot of things and can't wait for... It's, it's good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh I can't wait. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't she just start have you, now? Have, have you all tried um, Black Irish? No, we can't no, get it. No, I we're can't in, find it. We're in the UK. Oh, right. Well, and there's a whole wrong. thing with the Irish and black. Yeah, yeah. I've been looking for it. Every look, I live in, in Massachusetts and every liquor store I go in, I look for it. I went into one the other day and I asked the manager and I'm like, do you have Ryan Carey's milk call? And he's like, what? And I'm like, look it up. So he looks it up and he's like, oh yeah, I see that we have it on order. But he's like, there's no date of when we're getting it in. So, but every time I, I pass by a liquor store, I'll like pull in and run in and ask them, but I haven't found it yet. Oh, so you're gonna hook you're gonna have to hook your UK friends up. Absolutely. It out. Yeah, it's it's um it's delicious. From I don't even drink, so I'm like, I'm waiting for the ice cream. But I've been around people like didn't who didn't even know that that's what they were drinking and were like, this is delicious. Like the salted caramel apparently is really you know, of course, it's like mm-hmm. sweet and wonderful and festive. So um, keep looking. Hopefully you'll get it for the holidays. Yes, I mean, Jay, it's perfect. It. It's perfect. It. Yeah. It's like what you're going to drink and when it's cold. and They're going to think I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to go and be like, can I get nine bottles, please? <laughs> right. Line it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You got to hook your friends up. You have to get those Irish, those Irish folks in in, in line. Mm-hmm. They would benefit from it. Like, what are they doing? Talk to your friends over there. We will or try. Order and, and 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 tell them what's up. Yeah, should be a whole thing. But we're really excited to have you here because um, I don't know if you know, but every every week in of September we've been running up to this episode which is meant to be the anniversary of the memoir 
So none other than to have you here. But every week we've been discussing a section of the book. So from Little Mariah to Sing Sing. Last week we had All That Glitters. And this week we have Emancipation. But what... That is obviously one of the, well, it's the the last section of the book, but one of my Mm -hmm, favourites. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to know because obviously you were very much in that whole process with her while she was writing the memoir. But Mm -hmm. you, I would imagine you writing that with her, those events that happened in um, in Emancipation, you probably were around her when they were actually unfolding. So my thing I'd like to ask exactly is like, when those things such as like all I want for Christmas going number one and caution being like the highest mm-hmm. critically acclaimed album and stuff like that, what was that like to be around with her when those things were happening? So I imagine it must have been well, a very uh, joyful, positive atmosphere. Yeah, and and it's interesting because we met during emancipation during the first emancipation, the real emancipation. That's yeah. the that's the that's the genesis of our uh, connection and our friendship, and so. And I'd never, even though I was around, I didn't know what was really going on, um, you know, until we started this process of writing the book. So particularly that concert at Madison Square Garden when um, the Christmas concert was so, you know, we didn't even know yet that what the, what the song had done again, right? Cause that didn't come out until days later. In the newspaper, and but we but there was a feeling in that at that concert in that room with all those people, like the way that it's described in the book, this snow globe of joy. It really was like that. Like it really there was some, and I've been to several of her Christmas shows. There was something really special about that one, and I didn't like I didn't go backstage. I didn't go hang like to hang out, which is what I would normally do. I just wanted to stay with the people because they stay, They like spilled out into the street, still singing, like all the way down 7th Avenue in New York. Like there were hordes of people singing, you know, Christmas songs and all I want for Christmas is you. And, and I remember like texting her and it's like, I'm just staying out here with all these people celebrating you and so it was very 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 special and and what was interesting like I said I I I wanted to stay in the crowd versus being with her in that moment to report back to her like yeah this is what's happening on the street like in the subways it was just yeah it was crazy it was really beautiful and pure you know it and I'm I am I just feel so grateful that I had that experience, that I had that proximity to her. Um, and, and speaking of caution, I remember when she first played, um, can we, can I curse? Yeah, yeah, sure. Get the fuck out, right? Like the first time <laughs> I heard it, I was in a car with her and she bumped it really loud. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like the song that we need for, cause it was, you know, before the election, I'm like, this is my official like election song. Like what we are hoping to, you know, do with our current, the, the past administration. But I remember just being in the car, it was so old school, like ride through the canyon in LA. It was dark and it was just like this big sound and listening to the song. And I was just like, you did it. But then, in, then when I heard Portrait, I just, I remember just weeping because, you know, we had gone through almost all the book by then. And to hear her currently writing a song still with so much um, pain, you know, that makes, you know, by this time, like, we're like, that's like my girl. And so to hear that song, which I think is a, which is beautiful. I think Portrait was really underrated. But yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it's really, but a lot of her songs that are that personal, you know, pedals, portrait, like they're, they're, you know, they're intense and they're deep. So they're not like big pop moments. Um, but it made, I remember feeling like, oh, we're still going through this. 
Like, it's not like, okay, cured, told my story. Um, and that's, that's life, right? Like, that's how we're all living. You know, sometimes certain things that may have been really hard in your life, whether it's family or whatever, you can, you can have it not um, strangle you anymore or not make, not, not, they cannot be debilitating, but that doesn't mean that they're, that they're gone forever, right? Like you're still working through things, particularly when it's family um, trauma or family pain. It's, it, that song really made it clear to me like, oh, there's, it's still there. There's still, it's still in there. It was, it was heartbreaking, but so, it's so beautiful. I'd say that's the most, um, it comes to my eyes writing, those songs are what we all love and connect with lands anyway. So from yeah. portraits to yeah. outside to looking in. Well, that's why, that's why it's been so, I guess, really fun for me. I don't know if fun's the right word, but it's been really interesting for me to connect with the land because yeah. as a writer, I looked at her writing first, right? And, and took away, before I started the process, took away the, the melody and just looked at the writing. And it was those songs, you know, looking in and but where I was like, oh my goodness, she's been telling her story all along. Like it's, it's, this has been her story. And so knowing that that's, I mean, like real, real lambs are into those songs that they would connect so well with the book because the book is, it, you know, really is an extension of where those songs came from. So now you have this whole like richer experience when you hear them, you know, the song or like when you listen to the roof now, like you have this whole movie, even though the roof was a documentary basically, you know, but now you have what happened before and what happened after. So I feel like as a right, the response from Lance has been so um, rewarding as a writer, you know, because often you'll write things and critics will say great things. And that's one, you know, you want that. But to have people really connect to it and really feel it and take pictures and, you know, and have like the book as a background, like it's just, it's so heartwarming for me, you know, like I've never seen anything like it, to be honest. It's really, profound yeah mariah's always been for me like even because i'm day one lamb and even from way back when you know growing up obviously being gay in school and stuff like i didn't have any friends i was bullied so when i came home and like listened to mariah like she was my friend she was my comfort she was my person i came home to and it wasn't until i got obviously like a little older when I could understand her lyrics and what they meant, like, cause before it was just like music and I was like, Oh, I love her. She's so great. But as it got on and she came out with butterfly and I heard the song outside, like that really hit home. Cause I was like, this girl just wrote what I feel inside. Like is crazy. And for the fact that she's still doing that all these years yeah. later, you know, what do you think? Like, what do you think? Um, how am I word this? What or how or why do you think Mariah has like persevered for 31 years now across like, you know, a couple of generations of listeners and, and, and lambs? Like, what is it about her you think that, that keeps her relevant and keeps her going compared to other artists that have been around just as long as her or if not longer that aren't where she's at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's several things. Um, and, and even though you weren't maybe old enough when, and to really dissect the lyrics, you were catching the feeling. That's what was happening. And that's the thing is Mariah has a spirit that runs through her work that is the truth. And, and it's so interesting because I, you know, in the beginning, like there were a lot of people that didn't uh, think she was edging, you know, coming out in, the, in an era where you know, there was, I don't know, all the, all the people. <laughs> and there was, there was a, a truth and a purity in Mariah's music. And 
she had an ear for what was current and had the ability to pick up the frequency of what's popping and somehow make it feel classic. Like that's a rare talent. But what has made her persevere as a human being is really her faith, you know, I think. And what has made her, um, and, and that also grounds her in the truth. And so as an artist, that's your job, right? To continue to speak the truth, reveal the truth, search for the truth, search for beauty. And that's very different than making records. And, and she has such a um, advanced imagination too. And also an acumen for like what is, um, what will connect to people. And so there's, there's a whole, there's a combination of things because she is really relevant still. Like a lot of her peers, no shade, are just like doing the greatest hits, you know, in there that they, when they peaked, you know, and, you know, and now that Vegas is gone, like, what are they doing? You know, or are you show, no, showing up in the VMAs and like how you was like that, that broke my heart. I don't know if y'all saw that, but. What happened? Madonna at the VMAs broke my heart. I'm like, girl, I want to remember, you know, like what, you know, like, and Mariah's not doing that. She doesn't have to go back and try to recreate because she's going, she's still moving forward. Not that she doesn't do the classics and do the hits, but she's still, she's writing right now as we're talking, like, Mm-hmm. that's that and and that, I think that's really the thing too like because she really is a writer and producer that she can continue to create her own um, material and not wait for oh does this new producer think I'm hot you yeah. know should I you know so that's a very she has more agency over her career because the other people in her um you know, I don't know, she just seems, you know, to take one of her words, really unparalleled. Like, I don't know, even though there are people that have been famous as long as she has, the, the depth of her um, repertoire that she has created for herself seems like, I don't know who else has got that, you know? And also these very significant, the, one of the genius things, I mean, she's done several genius things, but back to Christmas, she wrote a Christmas classic. So that means for the rest of eternity, she's at least gonna be relevant at Christmas at every <laughs> year for a season. So that's baked, that's done like forevermore. You know, it's so there's that. Yeah, people try and say that, you know, maybe maybe Jay or um yeah, Mary J's person that could go up against her in verses. There's really nobody, I think. No. And I, listen, I'm a Mary J Blige fan, like hard. Yes. Ride for, mm-hmm. ride for her. Yes. Very different, very different energy. Very different spaces that they're providing in the culture. But again, Mariah writes her own stuff. So like the only person that could be Mariah's, you know, and everyone's been saying this is Mariah versus Mariah. Like for her, like I've, there's this meme where it says like one side is Mariah and it's like this little princess. And on the other side is this Mariah remixes. And it's the princess like with a gang behind her throne of gang signs. Like, you know, so because her, her remixes are whether they're, they got like, whether it's hip hop or a dance track or, or EPM track, like you could do one song four times, you know? And so that, and and I remember when she was explaining to me that that's what she did. And you know, it's very uh, well documented in the book saying that she would make a track for urban radio, for the gay kids and for pop. So almost all her hits have these different uh, remixes. And the remixes are great. 
So it's just so vast. I mean, though they're very, very different songwriters, I think Stevie is probably the only other living songwriter that has had as many, that, I mean, he's maybe more, and I'm, she would die if she knew I was, you know, comparing her to Stevie because that's her, you know, but I get to do that with y'all because I'm just thinking like, in terms of people who created their own music through all these generations, you know, that's, she's up there with that. You made me think of when you, actually, when you were talking and when Hannah was talking, you both made me think of something really quick. One, I wanted to say, like, when I think of Mariah's writing, if you're comparing her to other artists, she really, like, even, I mean, it's hard to say if I wasn't a fan because I am, so I, I can't really pull myself out of that. But when I think of other people to compare her to, not compare as in, like, who's better, but to put up there in the same category, mm-hmm. like, Dolly Parton comes to mind, Cindy Lauper comes to mind, like, all mm-hmm. these people, and I think Cindy Lauper is one of the most underrated artists that, like, has ever been yes. She's amazing. And like, she still writes and puts out albums. Dolly Parton still, Dolly Parton's written like what? Like a billion songs or something? I know. Like and amazing. And, and like in the, in the tradition of writing a song that will be enduring forever. Because that's the other thing. It's not just writing songs. It's writing a few songs that will be enduring, like True Colors, like I Will Always Love You, like All I Want For Christmas Is You. That's a very difficult rare air to be in where you write a song that will endure and you're still being you're still relevant and those are you know those are those are artists in that you know caliber and then you add the fact that she can sing her ass off and she's funny and can act and like is is um engaging in you know so in other spaces social media and that so those are the other things that also keep her super relevant because and her her sense of humor is so like sharp and bright and she knows how to like clap back or it in the most brilliant wonderful way she continues to create memes like she she just because it really is coming from this very like real place and that's the other thing that adds to her relevance, it's not just, the, I mean, it's always the music first. Like everything starts from the music first, but it's from the music to the memes that she stays in the cultural, you know, imagination. She never like leaves. Yeah. Yeah, the new next big thing, she'll definitely be on it, whatever it is. Or, 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 pop it off yeah. you know or create it yeah yeah her instincts are very good i'm uh, just bringing you back to the book there's Where's that the book <laughs> did you did you all see what the um the, the um paperback cover have you seen it yes on pre-order <laughs> so okay so let me just tell you a little story about that and I, i've said there's a lot in interviews when 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 i asked mariah why did she want to write this book? Because I knew it was going to be hard. It was going to be a lot of work. And, you know. and she said, to emancipate the little girl in me. And I said, okay, I'm down. Because there's a, there's a child inside of every person that maybe didn't have a voice, that maybe lived through some things, that maybe was ignored, that maybe, you know, like there, that is something so universal that there are, the children that we hold inside of us. So if she was like, I want to set her free, I'm like, I'm with you. Let's like, and we started talking about little Mariah as if little Mariah was with us and alive because we were setting her free, we were giving her a voice. And so the fact that we, that was the, that was the reason to write this book. And Mariah really wanted her childhood picture to be on the cover of the hardback. And, you know, for, you know, a lot of reasons it didn't make it, but it made it to the back and we connected with the curls on the spine. You know, there was a whole intentionality around it. But the fact that little Mariah has a cover and on top of her head, it says, number one, New York Times bestseller. Like, 
we're just like, little, like we, it's almost like we're watching little Mariah have her moment. So she Absolutely. gets, she has a book cover. We're so happy for her. And, and the metaphor for that is that we can heal those little children. Like we can rewrite our own story, but we have to face them first and, and, mm-hmm. and say, what happened to her? Like, what happened to little Hannah? What happened to little Jack? What happened to little Jason? What did they see? And then you, then it doesn't, it doesn't cage you anymore. It doesn't hold you. Again, it doesn't, you may not be cured like how we started this conversation, but something gets released. And then you can start to rewrite the narrative that you see for yourself in the future. So I'm, I can't wait for the, I'm more excited for the paperback to see little Mariah on the cover. Plus I love writing that story. When she told me the story of that boy detangling her hair, I was just like, I love the story. I love this little boy. I love what happened, you know, and that she loved her hair that day because it looked like a beach girl hair. And now it's on the cover of, with New York Times number one best seller underneath it. I'm just like, look at that. Did you always know there was going to be a, um, a paperback or was that just... Yeah, I mean, it's standard. Unless mm. your book really flops. Mm. And, you know, thanks to the lambs, that never happens with anything. <laughs> um, I don't think that was happening. That never <laughs> but not all, and not often, uh, but not often is there a complete... Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, excuse me, <laughs> add another chapter. Um, we just gave her her... her cover so i'm so excited needed it i think like the book itself was just standalone great so why most of it if it's not broken yeah yeah and you know and if there's more to say we're going to say it in different she's going to say it in different ways we don't need to you know let the book be the book let this book be the book were there any like stories that she told you that didn't make the cut and you were like, oh, I wish, I wish, you know, it's gonna come out? Um, you know, it's funny because some stories are coming, like every once in a while she'll say something. I'm like, you didn't tell me that. Um, let's see if there's something, because the, and I think maybe we talked about this at the, at the con, um, the meaning of Mariah Carey, the, the title is very intentional because we really wanted to have a lens in which we chose stories through because her life is so big and so vast and so many people and so that if you just told the whole thing, it wouldn't, we had to hold it together with something. And so every story that was told had to somehow create um, or, or contribute to the meaning of her, who she is. So if they didn't, then it didn't make it. So that's why there's no Ellen, there's no Eminem, there's no, you know, because in a way who didn't make it was like, that was also fun. Mm-hmm. Like choosing like, no, no, you're not, you don't have that much meaning. So you're not gonna make it in. Um, there are some, you know, I have a fashion background, right? So there were some moments that I wished we could have expanded on like, you know, eating pasta in Azabine Elias' kitchen or on the boat with um, um, Roberta Cavalli. And like, I feel like that's a whole moment. Like I would love like a whole little, you know, thing of just all the, you know, the Lagerfeld, like we talked, we, Lagerfeld is very important to her, to her. So that's why we kind of really isolated Lagerfeld story, but there's other fashion stories, right? And being in that space that I was interested in, even though, you know, we made the, some of the fashion um, important, like the way that we described her outfit when she was with um, Derek Jeter, like we went in on trying to like have you all see this chocolate moment, you know? So um, I, guess that would, I guess that would be the only thing. And that's just super personal because, you know, it's fashion. Um, and because also there's, there was kind of a reluctance and we talked about that a little bit with the fashion world really embracing Mariah. 
you know, there was like a classist thing that was there. Mm -hmm. And, um, but her, some of her personal relationships, I think were, I'm still very interested in that. So we talk about that, you know, over tea. I just want to ask really quick because, you know, every once in a while, I got to ask a, a shady question, if you will. But yes. in the book, during one certain part, a because mm -hmm. you were just saying how, like, there were certain people that weren't mentioned in the book because they didn't contribute to the meaning of Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a certain line in the book where she speaks of another female artist of which we don't know. Was right. that unintentional or was totally. the name supposed to be, was, was the name going to be said and then, oh, let's switch it to this because it's funnier or was that like? No, it was, it was so intentional because of how that, that's probably one of the most famous memes ever. Like still, people still will, I mean, you'll look in your group chat and I'm sure that's in there somewhere. Like, I don't know, like to this day. So the whole, like, I don't know her um, was, because it had become such a thing even bigger than Mar Mariah, that's how we talked about it. And also part of it is this notion, if you give them, if you put too much light, good or bad, it actually validates something that you're trying not to. So speaking of that, off the record, do you all know why Billie Eilish was also being shady to said artist? Did you all see that at the um, VMAs? I, I wasn't everybody, aware. Everybody stood up and was clapping when she came out and Billie Eilish was, just literally went like this. So I don't even, I don't know what that's about. I'm, I'm, I know there was something I, that was said in the, like there was something I wish I could remember what it was. She did something. I don't know if it was an interview or a commercial or something. And said artist, which I love this new term now, said artist um, right. said she doesn't feel like she belongs in Hollywood or that she's accepted in Hollywood. And I don't know if that was that done. Billy Eilish was it? No, said artist. Oh, said artist said wasn't. That, that she feels. She uh -huh. doesn't, I forget how she worded it. Either she said she didn't belong or she feels she's made to feel like she doesn't belong in Hollywood. And I don't know if that was done before or after those awards. So I don't know uh, if like that's why she was doing it or not, but. She just was not. And it was so, the thing is, it was so, um, I don't know. It was just so um, obvious. And I even asked and uh, Mariah about it and she's like oh I don't I don't I don't know her and I don't know what happened like it was just like <laughs> but it was it was interesting because you know as a newcomer I think she's a great songwriter Billie Eilish is a great songwriter she's very young you know you want to watch how someone's career unfolds but I think you know just from the just as a from a writer's point of view um there's great music but there are there seems to not be as many great songwriters that have like concepts and and real meaning. And I think Billie Eilish is someone really interesting right now. Like I'm really, so I'm like, ooh, you know. You know what it could that be? Was, that, was a, that was a thing. Billie Eilish could be a secret lamb and is just purely loyal to the queen which is why she was throwing the effort to shame. Oh, that's a theory. He's one of us. <laughs> one of us. That is a theory that I'm going to accept right now. I'm going to accept that theory. Secret lamb. Listen, y'all, the lambs are secret. They're the secret service. They're the CIA. They're the like, we were talking about something earlier. I'm like, listen, I'm checking my room for like, listening devices because the lambs will know like you we like don't like not even i'm serious i was looking around like are we talking about this like shouldn't we be in a bubble like because there are it's the most impressive thing i've ever seen like how they find out things and it, but they find out real things it's not like weird conspiracy it's not like it's like they're, it's, but it's really impressive. So mm -hmm. we have to be very careful. Like I'm being very careful right now because 
I don't know. Y'all maybe y'all, you know, you might be able no to just three. <laughs> I know, but it's three lambs together. <laughs> that could be a whole thing. I know what y'all can do. So I, you know, I'm I'm just watching. <laughs> but you also make what happens so much fun and you give it so much energy and and so much passion. It is really a joy. Like I wish you all could be on the other side and feel what you all feel like. Like it's really, and it's not mean, you know, I've seen like, I mean, there's so, sometimes people, fans can go hard and they get really mean. And I mean, I know there's some shady lambs. I know that, but I don't really, y'all don't go out and like try to, you know, kill people, you know, <laughs> and, and threaten them <laughs> on Twitter or like, you know what I mean? I haven't got the time. <laughs> no. And, and the thing is, if you're coming from the spirit of that artist, it that wouldn't work, right? Like it would just, you know, you can be, you know, shady in your own little clicks, but as a group, it's just so, um, again, I'm just, I, I, I never thought I would be here on a podcast talking about Mariah Carey with Lambs, but you've just been so supportive and really, it, it's been really interesting for me to, because also you want to, I mean, as a writer, you want people who are, if you're, they're passionate about the work that you do, like it's really, it's really um, a privilege. So do you feel like the Lamley has become more like of your family now? Well, I believe the Lamley has accepted me as like an acceptable cousin to bring to dinner. Like, yes, we trust. Like, I love that term. <laughs> you know, like I feel like I've been accepted I will never claim to be a lamb because I know what it is. Like it is a, it, there's a real commitment. I, I remember saying that early in an interview because I mean, to be like honest, I got, Butterfly is when Mariah Carey really like connected with me and like in a contemporary way, not just, oh, here's this, like as a, as a singer, as a songwriter, particularly then when I was, you know, in, like music and fashion journalism. She was an important artist, but it wasn't until Butterfly that I, I was like bumping it at home and like really connecting. And Honey was, I used to be editor in chief of a magazine called Honey. And that was our, like, that was our theme song. And, and the songs were more mature in their song, in their context. And so that's, or more sophisticated, mature is the right word, more sophisticated. And so that it wasn't really until um, Butterfly that I got into her musically. And so as a lamb lamb, that's a late start. Um, so, and then by, you know, after Emancipate, and it's, I think it'd be weird to be like, be like a really, really good friend and a lamb. Like I need to be a friend, <laughs> you know, like you have to, you, there are times when you just like, yeah, um, and I yeah, and I you're, there's boundaries, and also I'm really so impressed with how lambs roll um, that I I would not you know just dub myself one, um, but I and I love being a I love being a friend of the lambs like I really do. You've made you've made this year so incredible. Aww. Like this is the really no this is, it's the first full length book I've ever done and what what you all did to to help like not only was it an instant number one what it did was it took a book called rage off the number one spot so rage by bob woodward about donald trump was the book in the number one spot that was like holding and so mariah's book knocked it off and so that was also just so significant because we had been so inundated with all that drama and all that negativity and all that heaviness. I mean, Jason, you know, being in, in the US, you know, it was just like wall to wall, you know, Trump every day, the books, the Jesus book, the, the, it's, it was miserable. And then for this book to be the one that just, can we just get that out of here <laughs> um, was really significant. And we didn't even expect it. So when, because the Trump books were, we were, we were, we were satisfied 
we felt like we had done the job. We had emancipated little Mariah. The lambs were happy and the critics um, took it seriously. And those were, that literally was the goal of the book. And so for the two of us, we were like, we're good. We wrote the, we were good. Were there any similar stories that kind of you felt like related to you a little bit when writing the book with her, like her going through the process and talking about what happened to her in her past? You know, um, I have a lot of identification with Mariah, not so much what happened to her, but her, her, her physicality, like how, what she looks like and how she moves through the, through the world to identify as black and to be, you know, this light and blonde um, is rare. And so, um, and that was the thing that we really, cause very, we couldn't talk about this to other people, even in our own family, you know, like what that, that body feels like to move through the world. And for me, you know, I, you know, my hair is different and it's kinky and it's like, you know, and I had this other, this sort of family around me that people, like I had a tribe that kind of rolled with me. Um, so I didn't have the same difficulty and particularly, and I wasn't as, you know, publicly um, looked at and scrutinized. And I mean, what her journey is so d intense, but just that identity piece was, it's, it was profound because part of what you, when you, when you think about the memoir, it is a memoir of her identity, of her identity. It's not, again, a celebrity um, bio, you know, tell all. She really was trying to communicate like all the complexity of who she is. And so I really identify with that too. It's like that there are so many layers, particular to being a woman, a woman of color, a woman of color in America, and also a woman of color that doesn't read that way. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, that's that's the big, that's the thing. And she feels like family, you know, she really does. Yeah. Well, like tribe, you know? I think that's very interesting because obviously I am visibly black, but I also identify her with her in other aspects as well. Do you feel like, um, how do you think she feels when she gets that? Because I know that she didn't have that tribe growing up, obviously. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's still a thing. It's so funny, we just go, we, you know, she said I had to write a whole last book about it, you know, because like there were so many people invested in her not identifying as a woman of color, you know? Now it's different, you know, now it's like, I remember just, even when Alicia Keys came out, it was like, oh, wow, look, they're like promoting the fact that she's mixed race, uh -huh. you know? Like, and Mariah was in all this pain around it, you know? So, that, so we've also evolved as a culture and, you know, and it's different when you have families that, support like it's very so much of her you know reason that's why we talk so much about her her origin you know and her family and her growing up so you can sort of understand more about what she has gone through you know it's um and it's still like now that the book is out this it's not over it's just like now the story's out now there's more you know we still got to go in, you know, she still has a lot of, there's still a lot of resistance around that. Like how there are a lot of people still invested in the fact that she's, you know, we can kind of ignore her identity. We can kind of ignore the race because we love the song so much, you know, and it was, you know, what's crazy is I, I did a um, writing retreat in Long Island where she's from, and I've never really spent that much time on Long Island and where she's from, except for the Hamptons, like the fancy part. Like I've been in the fancy part a lot, but like I was on the beach and I was just listening and 
I was, and I called her and was like, yo, Mariah, like, this is where you grew up? Like, wow. Like, there were Trump flags, every, like, it's real. Yeah, and and because it's like middle and working class, you know, New York City's right, you know, a train right away. But the mentality, and, and think about if you like 30, you subtract 30 years. And that's where she grew up. I was, I drove down the street and it had like flags that said, fuck Biden, Trump forever. Like right down, I'm like, this is where you grew up? Whoa, girl. Like I was just, no matter what race you are, that it's intense. Do you know what I mean? Like to be, it was like, and it was 9-11, it was crazy. And, and oh, but it was so funny though, um, there was this big, wedding going on in the hotel I was staying like a Long Island wedding and there was this man I think maybe he's in his 60s or whatever dyed hair little pot belly he had on a um like a paisley pajamas and he was doing makeup for like all these girls all day and I was like oh I've seen what the gunkles look like he was like this is one of the gunkles like so so being in that environment gave me a little she was, I mean, Mariah's a masterful storyteller. So when she describes things, it's very like visceral, but to be in it, be in it, how she made it to who she is, is incredible. That environment felt crushing even for me. And I was saying in the hotel and I was leaving. And if I, it's like, if I had to live through this, you know, it's like anyone who's just living through this moment until they can get free, living through their school, living through their, whether it's poverty, just like when you know that there's some, you're a different kind of soul, you're a different kind of soul. And this, so many, particularly young people will give up and will get crushed and will, you know, have to conform even though their spirit isn't connecting with their environment. And she stands as such a, example of you are not wh where you live. You are not who you were born to. You are, you are you. And if you can have the strength <laughs> to get out, I was like, girl, you got out. Like, not a, no wonder you drove in the middle of the night. Like, I get it. Like, I, I got it in such a, or like in my, in my bones. And that's so crazy because she didn't have anybody to push her to do that. It was her doing it herself. And yeah, that's mind boggling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's her, it was her, like her drive, her spirit, what Nana said, you know, like she, but it, I was, I was like, how did, like, I got more respect for her knowing what she um, got out of. It's not, it was, and, and the thing that's crazy is like, you know, some of those people are huge Mariah Carey fans. That's the thing that's tricky about her. Like they could be flying a fuck Biden, Trump forever flag and love Mariah Carey. That's the complexity of her. That's the, you know, or you can, they're like nation of Islam, Muslim, like who love her too. Like her, uh, the, the, her fans are so vast. And, and that's why we're hoping that by telling her story, that it has the ability to touch people who might not have wanted to hear that, right? Um, like you have to now grapple with the fact that this artist that you love, grandmother was KKK. Like you have to grapple with that now. And maybe things will, you know, more understanding, more complexity of people's lives and complexity of identity. It's not black and white, it's not straight or gay. It's not, it really is non-binary and fluid and it's really hard. Um, we're the first sort of generation to be using those kind of words. And Mariah's life as an example is really good at helping um, folks understand some complexities. I have a question for, first of all, I could listen to you talk like for hours. I could just sit here and listen to you talk. Um, for real. You're amazing. 
Um, but I just have a question based on like kind of what you were saying about like race and people and, and Mariah and black and white. I just always wondered because even in real life and with like Mariah and other artists, um, I've always wondered, and I just want to know in your experience what you think, why do you think that there's such a connection between gay men and black women? You know, that's a fun question. You know what it is? Flavor. Like, no. <laughs> Hannah agrees because black women are the business. And they and they and through it all, they will they'll, you know, look at her hair. We're gonna show up. And gay men are doing that like against whatever, like they're gonna give you. And this is general, like I'm generalizing because I know that there are some, there are nerd gay boys and there's nerd gay girls and there's like, there's all different kinds. Of, there's a spectrum of all of us. But I think that black, uh, that black women and, and gay men respond to them because of their um, fierceness and their um, against all oddness. Like we're gonna try to live our lives be fly, have be festive, be funny, twirl against it all. And I think for anyone who has um, is in the margins anywhere, black women embody um, double, you know, so sort of double oppression, right? And and then imagine if you're like a, you know, a black trans woman, then there's more. And then you look at how fabulous, like. So it's the, I think it's that, it's the flavor, the, the flair, you know, the festiveness that we're gonna try to bring no matter what. Um, and, and, you know, an attention to style, I think is, these are all, again, very general. I think this could be a very complex conversation um, with, you know, with some real thought about it. Cause I'm actually doing some study around the language, around the etymology of, of the um, black women and black gay English vernacular and how, how that's, you know, when you think about the language that comes from the um, black gay community and then has become part of the larger community, just for like, like when you just said, oh, I don't want to, you know, shade, tea, all of them. Those come from somewhere. Those words come from Places and so there's a connection between um, black gay vernacular and black women's vernacular, and often the black gay and this is particularly black black gay males um, are in women's spaces, right? And so if they're you know in the kitchen or in the beauty parlor, the places where they feel safe as young gay boys, they hear their aunties talking and then give it their own flair, right? So if you've ever heard a bunch of black women telling stories, it's very colorful, very funny, very, you know, and then you put sort of some gay glitter on top of it and you've gotten this, you know, new vernacular. And so there's relationships between black women in the gay community in all kinds of ways. That was just a very quick little scholarly, but, but, but I'm thinking, but it is something to think about because it's real, right? We feel, you feel more comfortable with each other. Like we feel more comfortable with a white male if that white male is gay, for sure. You know, and, yeah, right? So yeah, that's a whole little symposium, Jason. We'll have to do a whole different podcast on that. 100%. Mm-hmm. I'd be down. Let's do it. We touched a little bit there about um, Hair Tales. Congrats again for its becoming a docu-series next year. Good. So have me back so we can talk, just we'll talk about that back. Yes, of course, of course. But there's going to be something else you probably won't want to talk to me about like, even before that. So that's the only hint I'm giving. Um, that's the only hint I'm giving. But I really um, appreciate you. You've um, begun our anniversary season. The actual date is... Um, our, um, September 29th when the book came out. So, yay. Um, I've got to jump now, but I appreciate you so much. 
Thank you. Back. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Michaela, we love you. We appreciate you. Yeah, in fact, we enjoy you. You've been listening to the Mariah Podcast. 